Welcome to VCR, Vintage Cinema Rewind. We're bringing old movies to new viewers. I'm Blake. I'm Jason. And I'm the third guy. (laughs) (laughs) And guess what? It's the end of the year wrap-up, our top five movies of the year that we watched. This is one of my favorite episodes the entire year. Woo. This and the draft, always fun. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Get to reflect on like our year of podcasting and like just all the movies that we've seen this year. The way that our draft works because we're an old movie podcast is, you know, obviously we watch all the new movies too or as many as we can. So the way that the best of list works for us is we're doing our top five movies. It has to be our first or second viewing of this year. So for example, Mike and I just watched The Godfather this year for the podcast. Sure did. And for me, that's probably my fourth or fifth time seeing it. So to stop myself from picking that movie every year, every time I see it, that's kind of how we're limiting this in that sense. Right. So I guess before we get started with our top five lists here, do you guys want to reflect on your lists at all? Like how you got to where you got to or anything like any anything of interest we kind of talked about this a little bit before we started recording but i'd love to hear how you guys got to where you got i will say just from the bottom of my heart as god is my witness this was a rough year for movies for me just Hmm. in the sense that like i don't know if it was just everything else that was going on in my life or what have you but like I actually really, when I was composing my list, I really had to think about it. And like, I really had to look back and be like, wait, what did I see this year? And like, what resonated with me, if anything? So (laughs) (laughs) yeah, this was a rough year for me, but you know, I thought about it. It went through my list and then I was like, okay, okay, no, no. Like this, you saw some good movies this year. A lot of the movies that are going to be on my top five list are movies that we've already done on the podcast. Mm. Just so I can, I have to thank this podcast for keeping the hope alive, I guess (laughs) during this troubled time in my life. Yeah. uh, This was the busiest year of my life. And I watched uh, like probably a quarter of what Blake watched. And um, yeah, a lot of it was yeah for the podcast or just new movies. uh, But also just like just out of exhaustion i was just re-watching shows that i've always been watching in the background kind of thing so i missed out on chances where i should have been like ah there's like a huge list of movies that i've always wanted to watch and i still haven't i got to tackle a few of those um my list is mostly yeah things we did on the podcast it's only things we did on the podcast really oh wow uh, well no sorry like i Outside of the top five, I have a lot of random other things, a few like mm-hmm. new movies and some good shows. But um, yeah, it was a busy year, but a lot to review still. I I hope I remember some of what, like I, I forget a lot of what I watched <laughs> and that had nothing to do with the quality of the shows I, or movies I did watch. Can I just say that like this year has felt like five years like I feel just with like, how much you've crammed in kind of yeah I guess so a lot happens yeah a, lo- for sure. a lot happened but go view my other podcast for more details on that <laughs> <laughs> yeah no like that's that's true like all of us have had really busy years now I think that I've definitely watched more movies than both of you potentially even combined like I've watched most of the like really critically acclaimed good movies of this year Just some other movies that I just personally wanted to check out this year. I watched three movies this weekend because 
there's movies on my list that I still want to check out before this podcast. Spoilers, none of them are going to be on this list, but I'm, I might mention at least one of them when we get to our honorable mentions later on. But my list actually, I was kind of surprised by my list because last year my list was heavier focused on older movies that we did for the podcast. But this year I've got quite a mix actually. Like there's a couple of movies from the podcast. There's two movies that are brand new to this year. I actually have one movie from the mid 2010s that I'd never seen before that based on a recommendation I checked out and was like, this is one of my favorite movies of all time now. So it's quite a, quite a mixed list. I guess before we get started, does anybody want to make any any guesses about who's who picked what? Hmm. Let me think about that for a second. You know what? Before you, while you two are thinking, I I might take a stab at, at both of you. Okay, do that. So, Mike, you're going to be a little bit easier because you and I have kind of maybe danced around this episode and and our ideas a little bit before recording this podcast the last couple of months. So I may I have uh, let some things slip, yes. Yeah, so I I know that The Godfather is probably going to be one of the ones on your list. I don't know how high it'll end up being. Otherwise, I if you have the horror movie that you and I watched together on, on your list, I would be maybe slightly surprised, but also pretty pretty commendable that you picked it. Let me just say that whether it's on my list or not, it was a strong contender. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Uh, that horror movie, let's not mention it because it may end up on my list, but like I I remember going for a drive the next night and I was on the phone with my girlfriend and I was explaining it to her <laughs> and I was getting scared while I was driving because it was <laughs> the middle of the night. <laughs> yeah, it was. it's a classic, classic independent film. Jason, my guess for you... I don't want to say what it is, but there's one movie that you and I did together in particular that I think we had a blast doing. Mm. And I don't want to say what it is because it might be on my list too. Huh. And it might be pretty high on my list if it's one I'm thinking you might have on your list. Do you guys have any guesses about my movies? New movies this year, old movies, anything like that? The goon I... the Goonies. <laughs> I've seen think, that movie too many times. I know, I know. <laughs> I think a certain action movie you recommended to me may end up on your list. I think I think John Wick 4 might be on your list cuz we you and I saw it in theaters together. But that great was great experience. Awful experience, great movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that was April and that was 10 years ago, so who knows. <laughs> right. Right. See, the problem is a lot of the movies that you and I did together on the podcast, you'd already seen them multiple times. So you would probably have an easier time guessing my list than I would your list just because of that. I I think so too, actually. Uh, I will Mm. say one of the movies that's on my, like at the bottom of my list near the end is a movie that I've only half finished and I started last night. <laughs> and it's okay. already it's already like in the top of this year that I've watched. It's I'm halfway through and I'm like so fully invested. Is it a movie that we did on the podcast that you missed out on or is it a new movie? No, it's a brand new movie. Oh cool. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. I <laughs> I wonder if I've seen it, A, and and B, I will try not to spoil anything for you. But we've danced around our, our top five list. Do you guys want to get into it at this point? Yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready when you are. 
Okay, who wants to start? How are we going to do the list? I think we should go by in opposite of seniority, so therefore I should start. And that we'll sounds great to me. Start at five and go down. Each of us yes. do one, or... We'll do each do one, like start with your lowest on your list, and then we'll go up from there. So your fifth favorite movie of the year. Okay, awesome. Just give me one second. <laughs> Let me pick which one is my fifth. Well, I've got two strong contenders that I'm trying to decide from. Let's see. This is here. a game time decision right now, ladies oh, and gents. Oh, God. Let's see how it plays out, Cotton. <laughs> Man, this is a tough one. Okay. Just stab so, out your paper with a pen and pick one. <laughs> okay. So my number five is actually the movie we were just talking about, Creep. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. So let me just paint you a picture. So I was in the process of moving back to a city, and I went to go see Blake one night, and I was really stressed out and really bummed out. And he put this movie on, and it scared me so much that I forgot about my problems. <laughs> I think me and I think me and my girlfriend had even had a fight that day just to add more stress onto my shoulders. And then we watched it and I forgot all my problems. And I liked it so much that I made you put the sequel on right after it. Yeah, even though like I really didn't have time for it, we still ended up sitting down and watching the entire thing. I don't know if it's so much you didn't have time for it or if I just wouldn't leave. It's <laughs> just like no 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 let's watch so yeah it's creep it's a 2014 horror movie by patrick bryce yeah it stars patrick bryce and mark duplass anyway so the whole basic Duplass. premise is, what sorry mark duplass no mark duplass right sorry mark so basically the premise is mark's character is a man who is dying from cancer so he hires a documentarian, also played by Patrick Bryce, to come hang out with him for the day and just record him. Huh. And really, I almost, I kind of want to just leave it at that. That's really all you should know going into it. It's a very, it's one of those movies where like I was on the edge of my seat while I was on the edge of Blake's couch. <laughs> and it was like, it's one of those movies where you're constantly, it's, it really does this like push pull thing this like constant building and release of tension where you're like, wait, is is this going on? And then you're like, no, 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 maybe everything's fine. No, wait, wait, wait though, that's not great. And then you're like, oh, okay, maybe that was just an innocent thing. And you're constantly like, and there's a big turn halfway through that also threw me for a huge loop. But yeah, it's an amazing movie. It's honestly, it's probably one of only two movies that is actually genuinely frightened and upset me that's unreal i i'm i see that it's a found footage type uh like it's filmed as if it's found footage so right there right. Ha so it's there haven't been like there's a there's a fair few of those but not too many so it sounds like this is kind of like near the top of the list for like a found footage style it's also just like what really i really appreciate about the movie is that like it's clearly just two guys who didn't have a lot of money, but they had a camera and they were able to tell an effective story. Like they didn't need all this VFX. They didn't need all these big name actors. They just, they told their story and they told it exceptionally well. And I think yeah. that's really inspiring. And it's just like over an hour long. Like it's, it's a really digestible film. Like it, it's just, it, it comes on so quick. It, and like you said, like there's the tension building and releasing is, is incredible. Like 
you just feel deeply unsettled the whole time, even though there's just two guys filming each other throughout mm. the movie. Yeah, like, like it's very self-contained film, but it's really, really good. There are moments when you're just like, I shouldn't, I don't know why I'm so scared right now, but I'm really scared right now. <laughs> like, yeah. and even just, it's filmed like, like a documentary, like found footage, but like the way they're able to frame shots that way, like there's one shot in particular that I won't spoil, but I think I literally looked over at you, Blake, and I was like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah. yeah. I have a comparable, just uh, this only cost $5,000 to film. It's very similar to Primer for like in the general vibe that it sounds like it's giving, except Primer is a... Uh, time travel under like $10,000 okay and not exactly found footage but like similar so that that sounds like creep is right up my alley I think you would really enjoy it Jason you can stream it on Netflix I believe right now but like it's genuinely a very very good movie solid first pick I think it's me next actually yeah so my fifth movie This one's actually a really interesting decision for my fifth movie that I don't think either of you would have guessed, but it is the 1997 film. This is actually something that we did as part of our Jodie Foster film series. Oh, really? Um, And it's not the one that you think that I'm going to pick, actually. It's the 1997 sci-fi drama Contact. Really? uh, Starring... Jodie Foster and Matthew McConaughey. It's the film premise is we have for the first time ever been contacted by an extraterrestrial race. And it's set in the 90s. It's a very 90s film. And it's basically just like a very like profound philosophical look at how we as complex and different and all like all of our different, you know, emotions and and rationale would all come together to like just react to the fact that we're no longer alone in the universe Hmm. and it's it's a really really like fascinating film it's written the original novel that it's based on was written by carl sagan one of my favorite scientists of all time and he tried to make this movie for years before it finally ended up getting made with Jodie Foster and Matthew McConaughey starring in it. And the reason why I picked this movie is because even though, like, you know, it's a great film. I really enjoy it. I'm going to absolutely rewatch it at some point. I don't think it's it's definitely not the best film that I watched this year. It's like it, there are probably films that are objectively better that are in my uh, there are some objectively mentions. better movies in Jodie Foster month. <laughs> yeah. Oh, definitely. But what I'll say about this movie is it just completely like renewed my interest in sci-fi space films and like just space in general. Like after I watched this movie, I I immediately went back and rewatched Interstellar. I watched The Martian. I watched this movie Life, which was kind of a okay movie kind of rehashing alien i watched the alien movie i think over the holidays i'm probably going to rewatch 2001 a space odyssey it just got me so hooked back into this genre that i can't not say that it's in my top five because because of the impact that it had on me that's a great way to look at like your top five that's awesome yeah a really 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 good movie i would highly recommend it to anybody who has even a passing interest in 
humanity in general and like <laughs> us as human beings like and and how we react and respond to things like it's it's this really interesting pull between science and religion and and politics it, it's really really cool dynamic in this film highly recommend it and you can stream it on the stars crave. subscription yeah crave stars or stars through amazon prime yeah um it sounds like it is like a good setup. It was probably an inspiration for small things in all the more modern movies that we like too, just from what it looks like. It, yeah, it's a really good film. I was going to also say that like, if you've seen the TV series, The Expanse, which is one of my favorite TV series of all time, and you really enjoy that series, you're going to love Contact because it explores a lot of like the human element to to all of these big ideas. Cool. Awesome. My movie is one of the ones that has been on my list for probably the longest time as just something that I have always wanted to watch but never just committed to. And uh, I did it for the draft, actually. And Cool. So hmm. it's Waterworld. Nice. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it, it fits in like so well to um, just like the type of sci-fi-ish thing that i really like, like. the mad max post-apocalyptic kind of yeah style, sorry right? yeah that's exactly it like it was really fun great characters and development even though like there were problems here and there but uh overall it was just like a young like a childhood me would have absolutely loved this and i should have watched it way back like when but i'm glad that i finally like checked that off my list and now my list can move up but um <laughs> yeah now my list like, can move on yeah like my list has stayed stagnant for a little bit and i've been all over the map but this was one that i cleared from my list and it feels good and i really did uh like watching it awesome who's the main star of that one again kevin costner yes so that was when we did the movie draft earlier and you did based on an actor you did kevin costner's three films yeah exactly i have so much more respect for him after doing that especially for actors who were huge in their time and then have kind of made a resurgence and you're like oh I like i should probably check out some of their earlier work and you, like your parents and grandparents probably know of this person it was a household name and they disappeared for a while and then some made a comeback so like kevin costner did with uh yellowstone yeah 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 kevin costner's one that like i think it partially is because of when we were all born in the early 90s like it was right around that time that we were born that his movies had all kind of come out like his his peak of his stardom was mm -hmm. just before we were born and so i feel like there's kind of just like this hole in our collective like movie watching experiences that we've missed in in that small era and and so if you if you weren't paying attention to movies in that small era of late 80s early 90s you probably missed out on kevin costner's stardom but yeah. he is like a pure movie star yeah oh yeah he's one of like one of the few remaining movie stars yeah it's uh streaming on prime right now i do suggest it for anyone who's into like a post-apocalypse movie it has a good setup and it did steal from mad max and that it's just mad max but on water <laughs> but they did it good they did it good <laughs> sometimes that's all you need just yeah. take a formula that works and then pour water on it exactly <laughs> <laughs> all right mike it's your number four 
Okay, so number four on my list. I really, so I really struggled with this one, not because it doesn't deserve to be on my list, but just because it's so cliche. But you know what? Sometimes cliches are cliches for a reason. So number four on my list is 1972's The Godfather. Ah, there it is. Yeah, so... Just for context, um, I saw The Godfather in film school like 12 years ago when I was a lad, and that was my first time seeing it, and I never saw it again until like February of this year when Blake and I did it for the podcast. And honestly, yeah, it lives up to the hype. It's one of the greatest movies of all time, and I'm still... One of the things that I find so interesting about the movie is how nobody actually wanted to or liked making it, but it turned out to be one of the greatest movies of all time. So, like, it just... I've been quoting that movie... Actually, it's funny. Before I met Emily, when I was still on Hinge, some girl... On, had, on Hinge or Unhinged? Both. When I was unhinged, unhinged, um, some girl had quoted The Godfather in her one of her prompts, and I responded... And in all caps, I wrote, and I hope it is a masculine child. (laughs) (laughs) She didn't swipe right on me, but I thought it was funny. (laughs) That's great. So, yeah, no, I mean, there's really nothing I can add to this movie other than it's as good as you've heard it is. It holds up. It lives up to the hype. Like, it's an amazing masterpiece of a movie. It's easily in my top five. You and I covered it in the Oscars episodes back in March. Like, it literally lives up to the hype. Like, I shared this with some friends this year, and, you know, one of them was like, yeah, that was really, really, really good. And the other one was like, that just changed my life. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's 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 one of a kind. Honestly, if we're talking, like, pure objectivity, if such a thing could even exist... It might be number one on my list, but mm-hmm. there are three more movies that I just personally enjoy a little bit more. Oh, yeah, and and that's completely fair. Like, The Godfather is unquestionably one of the greatest films ever. It's it's cool that, like, you just were able to actually select this one. I, I actually can't believe you had only seen this once before. I, I questioned that when you kind of mentioned it a couple months ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, really, and thank God I did. So, I mean, thank God I didn't. Have you seen all three now? That's the other thing. I haven't seen two and three, so I think we need to do those at some point. I certainly agree. And actually, I think you're going to like number two better. I've heard really interesting things about two. I know three is kind of the black sheep, but actually, Blake, you had nice things to say about three, didn't you? Never seen it. Okay. Doesn't I'm, exist in my heart. Then that is fake. <laughs> then that is misinformation that I was spreading. <laughs> um, my absolute favorite character from the first one is Luca Brasi. Yeah, that guy. Like, the real life gangster. <laughs> yeah, he yeah, was just yeah, yeah. so fucking like he played it so well, and the character was written well. Um, yeah, just love that. I just love when he's getting strangled and, like, his eyes bug out. Yeah, right. I remember saying this to you, Blake, when we did the episode. I'm like, I think they actually killed him. (laughs) (laughs) I filmed it. That's awesome. I'm so glad that you were able to put that one on your list because it's always fun talking about The Godfather. Oh, yeah. I actually, I would really, like, maybe over the holidays, I'm going to go read the book. Even though, once again. spicy. 
Even though, once again, Mario Puzo didn't like writing it. Apparently, um, Blake, you can cut this out. I don't care if you do. But apparently, um, <laughs> there's a whole subplot about the size of Sonny Corleone's dick. I read the book, and yeah, there's uh, Sonny Corleone's dick is huge, and then he finds a girl with a huge vagina. Cool. That's amazing. <laughs> Blake, do not cut this out. I take it back. <laughs> I... Cannot confirm nor deny whether that piece makes it in. Okay. In time. My number four is a movie that we talked about on this podcast when it came out. And it's a new movie. It's a movie that uh, you guys have already mentioned that you thought would probably be on my list, which it was probably pretty obvious. It's probably my favorite like action choreography like stunt films ever made. It's John Wick 4. Woo. Yeah. 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 Have you seen it yet, Jason? I have, yeah. And we we went to see it in theaters as well. Yeah. It's somehow the best of the four movies. Like, they somehow improved in every way on the previous three. It's a very epic conclusion. The only thing asterisks on that, I'll say, is that there's potentially a John Wick 5 coming out, which might dampen the experience of number four. And that's actually, I think, Mike, your biggest problem with 4 isn't the film itself, but maybe the outside exterior franchise. When I heard that they'd confirmed number 5, I was very upset. <laughs> yeah. Because so, I thought it would have, it worked so well as a conclusion. Also, I did see it in theaters twice. And to be honest, it didn't hold up for me quite as well on second viewing. Yeah, and I haven't seen it a second time yet. It just, the memory of all of the aspects of it really holds up to me the story itself i find is really interesting because it's like john wick on on this mission but in with him in addition to this mission there's two other assassins who have their own objectives that the that john wick and and these two other assassins their their orbits are kind of like circling each other and and they're getting closer and closer like the one assassin has been hired to kill him well basically extorted to kill him and yep. the other assassin has trying to actually keep John alive so that his bounty will get higher and higher in order to reach 50 million, at which point he's going to kill John Wick himself for the $50 million prize. Mm-hmm. Mm. I will say that the relationship between John and Kane, the assassin hired to kill him, is probably the most interesting part of all four movies. Yeah. that Yeah, yeah like that was actually like complex where nothing else really had to be complex because you're just enjoying a crazy ass movie oh Um, yeah but i would say in theaters i was a little bit disappointed with some of the action scenes where like they're so true generally to uh like the gun mechanics and everything like that but there i remember seeing like a few things where i was like "Eh, i don't know but i was like watching for those i was like i hope they keep it up and this isn't nearly as bad as like what happened in the Matrix movies, <laughs> but no. Um, anyways, I we should probably keep going. <laughs> yeah, I'm a big Keanu Reeves fan. Just just ending it off with that too. Like it's it's a very beautiful film. Like it, the set design of the film is awesome, incredible. It takes place all over the world. Like it ends in Paris. Like at dawn, it's it's cool. It's just a it's just such a stylish, cool movie. Mm. Had a lot of fun with John Wick Chapter Four. It was fun. Even though I just was just dunking on it, it is fun. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's on Crave and the Stars subscription. And then just to go back, the um, Godfather's on Paramount Plus, I think. 
Oh, okay, yes, great. It is. All right. Uh, I'll get into mine here. I keep going to sci-fi. This one is Gattaca, which was Ooh, like oh, one hey. of the first movies that we did this year, and I loved it. But especially when I looked reread the uh, Red Rising series because it's kind mm. of very similar. It's all about uh, a guy like hiding within a society that where he has to be perfect and like he has completely mastered everything about like hiding who he is just like the will he get caught thing and mixed with like the actual science of the dna stuff that was going on i don't know i just absolutely loved that it's like a sci-fi film that's actually covertly a drama about Mm -hmm. classism yeah yeah Yeah. and ableism um Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. meritocracy like there's a lot going on and just the uh so that's ethan hawk and phenomenal actor yeah oh yeah we we stand ethan hawk on this podcast oh yeah (laughs) yeah so uh ethan hawk and um jude law their interactions and their relationship like the way they grow to be brothers and the way they express that was also like just a great aspect of uh the film and that is on ctv streaming but with what with ads (laughs) it's nowhere else you'll have to rent it on amazon or jason pick a different movie (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah, no, solid movie. I actually kind of forgot about that one. I think I was a little bit lower on it than you, but it was it it was really really good. It like I'll say that. Yeah, maybe I missed some movies, and like there's other ones that are on top of this when I'm trying to look back at the year. But I really did enjoy this one. Cool, love it, Mike. We're getting into number three. This Ooh. is this is where it starts to get interesting. We're getting okay. you know down to the wire of the best. Th- three films of the entire year what is your number three this is also going to be cliche but i don't care anymore um (laughs) my number three is one that you and i did six months ago so it is it is it aguare the wrath of god (laughs) you know fucking i was gonna (laughs) when i got to my number one i was gonna be like it's aguare (laughs) you would have laughed and jason would have laughed and the viewers would have laughed but you ruined it blake (laughs) you ruined it (laughs) spoilers i was also gonna say my number one was aguare and see how you reacted to it Ah! (laughs) (laughs) we need to start coordinating ahead of time but uh i don't even want to share my number three now it's uh it's sounds of the lambs oh Oh, yeah yeah i you know what like I was still living at home back in August when we did it. And that's one of those movies where like I just sat up in bed and I couldn't take my eyes off it. Like I still think about the first 20 minutes of that movie all the time. Mm. Like that is got to be my favorite opening to any movie ever. Just when Clarice meets Dr. Hannibal Lecter, like... It's the most stressful, intense opening 20 minutes of a film ever. And you and I talked about that in detail on the podcast, like just re-remembering that because I had seen it before, but I, and I remember enjoying it, but I was actually afraid going into it that it wasn't going to hold up to me. But that the first 20 minutes, especially you're literally on the edge of your seat, terrified about what's coming. I think I described it in our episode as like, we are approaching the gates of hell. And like, that's really what it seems like. There's that great moment where... 
the warden pulls out like a Polaroid and he's explaining how Dr. Lecter assaulted one of the nurses and he shows her the Polaroid and like the director, Jonathan Dem, he doesn't show us the picture, but he shows mm-hmm. Clarice and we see like the color drain from her face. And I was just like, that is masterful filmmaking. That is masterful tension building. This is also one of the movies where the movie is better than the book. Mm. And the books are so goddamn good. I've read all of them. I I'm so I was upset that I like I was super busy at the time and I missed doing the podcast and I didn't even know you guys were doing that until you already did it. And I was like, "No." Ah. <laughs> yeah, no. It is it's a classic. Like honestly, again, objectively better than contact like it's jodie foster's best performance it's anthony hopkins best performance and that's probably what makes that just better than the books just because the performances are like bar none the best some of the best performances you'll ever see in a film Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) yeah Yeah. um so very like highly recommend the books the the depth of his brain is so well explained in the books that you miss on screen. So that's mm. like where it the book is better. But like, yeah, the performance like nailed it. Oh, yeah. This is what made Anthony Hopkins a household name. And what's really cool about The Science of the Lambs is that it's available to stream on multiple platforms. You can check it out on Prime Video, Super Channel, or Fubo. So lots of different viewing options in 2023 here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, I guess it's my number three next, isn't it? That's right. Yep. Okay. This is the film that I mentioned from the mid-2010s. It's 2014 film. Uh, shout out to my cousin Jack who recommended this one to me, said it was one of his favorites of all time, and now it's one of my favorites of all time. It's the 2014 uh, psychological drama that I would almost actually call a thriller, Whiplash. Ah. Hmm. Have you have either of you seen the film Whiplash before? I have. I, no, I haven't. It's goddamn good. <laughs> yeah, it stars Miles Teller and J.K. Simmons. Uh, Miles Teller is a fresh student at this very prestigious music school, and J.K. Simmons is one of the primary conductors. J.K. Simmons is just like this absolutely disturbing bully. He's he's just an absolute prick basically like he he just crushes people in order to produce diamonds basically right like wow he he will just beat you down destroy your spirit in order to pull like the absolute best performance out of you and i was trying to decide where this one would go on my list and it actually moved up even higher on my list because i just rewatched like the opening scene of the film and the opening scene is miles teller playing the drums um which is really cool like he knows how to play the drums himself so it's all him playing the drums and he basically has like orchestrated it so that he knows when J.K. Simmons is coming to this office space and he's playing the drums there. And J.K. Simmons shows up and basically realizes that this kid is just like done this so that he notices him. So J.K. Simmons is sitting there like, oh, I didn't tell you to stop. What are you doing? And he's like, you know that I need people in my uh, my music group. And so he starts playing again. And J.K. Simmons is like, 
I didn't tell you to start playing again. What what made me what made you think that the answer to me saying why did you stop playing was to start playing like you fucking psycho basically. Mm. Like <laughs> it, and he just like basically like JK Simmons is unrelenting in this film. It's his best performance of all time. Honestly, it's like 2 hours and I don't know if I blinked for like 2 hours. It's wow. it's just pure like oh, edge of your seat kind of stuff. Like it, it's one of the greatest films ever made. And uh, you know the not my tempo scene? Yes. He was actually like so like he was almost perfectly on tempo. It was just that he didn't he wasn't fully invested yet and or else he would have been like, I am on tempo. But like know what I mean? So like right. just the psychological games this guy was playing in just just destroying him was absolutely insane. Yeah, and just destroying like other people. Like he literally ruins people's lives in order to like find the greatest musicians of all time like it shows like his best students and also like his students who failed out or or worse basically yeah Mm. it's it's a very fascinating film i highly recommend it i may have to check that out tonight that sounds pretty good it's incredible it's streaming on prime video tubi what is that sundance yeah sundance and ctv as well with ads (laughs) (laughs) so lots of viewing options with that one as well highly recommend whiplash from 2014 Awesome. Great. Cool. Um, okay. Number three for me, my bottom three, like five, four, and three are all um, sci-fi-ish, but uh, this one has a twist. It is animated. Do you know which Ooh. one? Uh, was it Castle in the Sky? It was, yes. Oh, ah, I love that movie. Yeah, yeah. So uh, like the steampunk vibe is like the mm-hmm. sci-fi element, I guess, and um. That was just such a fun movie and, like, so enjoyable. It was, like, the adventure that I needed to go on when I was watching it. Like, I was, like, Mm. tired of work or something and just, like, too busy all the time. And I just needed to, like, unwind in, like, a chill, beautiful movie and adventure. And it had all of that. Yeah. Like, that's why I guess it's my number three. I actually was expecting that one to show up on Mike's list, to be honest, because it's a really, really solid film, and I was kind of expecting Mike to have at least one animated film. Yeah, animated one, yeah. You know what? I liked it quite a lot, but I just I liked these other five movies just a little bit more. So it made yeah. my long list actually. It's I believe number ten on my my favorite movies of the year. I really, really loved Castle in the Sky. Like mm. it's the first Miyazaki film that we've done on the podcast. Yeah. It won't be the last, certainly. No. I completely fell in love with it. You're right. Like the steampunk nature of the film is just really, really cool. Like so much of modern steampunk sci-fi and, and sci-fi in general comes from that movie. I like the scene where the little girl gets her pigtails shot off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I love the robot that mm. lives in the castle in the sky. Oh, And they, yeah. like, befriend him, and he, like, has little birds and stuff. Yeah, we definitely have to do more. I forget, what what did we figure out? That it's Studio Ghibli, not Ghibli? Oh. Or is it Ghibli, oh, not Ghibli? I think it's again? Ghibli, not Ghibli, but I'm not sure. It's Ghibli. Like uh, School of Rock. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't um, Miyazaki's new movie just come out? Like The Boy it and the did, Heron the boy or something? The, yeah, The Boy and Heron. Oh, I bet that's on the list that uh, Blake was just talking about movies that he just watched. But I really want to watch that one. I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, it that, just came out in theaters. I haven't seen it yet. That I need so to see I, it too. I'll say the two. There's three movies that I didn't get to see this year. 
And that was one of them, Napoleon, although very polarizing film. And there was one other that I've now just forgotten in my brain. Well, it can't have been that great then. <laughs> or your brain is just melting. Oh, Godzilla minus one. Sorry, that was that was uh, the movie that I haven't seen yet, yeah. but I've heard very good things. That looks really good. So Castle in the Sky is streaming on Netflix right now. Awesome. Yeah. But there's a better version... I think you could watch like a more full version. Well, oh, it's it just the the music changed and there yes. are extra scenes. So if you have a chance to look for it or search for it wherever you might find it, I highly recommend that because I think my version was better than the one Blake watched. <laughs> <laughs> Mike and I watched the same one, so yeah. yeah. Right. But yes, yeah. No, yeah. That, it is, it's cool you? that you can watch a film. Like, there's not many films that you can watch multiple versions of that just have very different. Or not very different, but just different experiences, right? Like, Yeah. Again, Waterworld had uh, a cut called the Ulysses cut, and it had all the extended scenes, and that was pretty awesome, too. But yeah, it's so fun when you find, like, especially if you really like the movie and you watch the cut version, and then you eventually stumble upon the full version, you're like, oh, my God, it's so much better. Jess and I are planning on rewatching. The Lord of the Rings extended over the Christmas holidays here, so I know exactly what oh, you mean. Oh fuck yeah! Yeah, yeah. That's our hangover cure: is watching yes. all of them in one day. <laughs> you, yeah, that'll do it. So you just basically skip a day. Yeah, yeah. That's your hangover cure. Yeah, skipping a day. So your hangover cure is just time, <laughs> basically. <yeah. laughs> all right, and it's time for our top two. Mike, you're up. Does anyone want to guess what my number two is before I get into it? Mm, did you include Killers of the Flower Moon in your top five list? I did not, no. Okay. Oh, is it Mad Max 2? That would have been funny, but no. It is a movie <laughs> we've done on the podcast. So one more guess and then I'll tell you. Okay. Princess Bride. I would have put Princess Bride at my number one, but I've just seen it too many times, unfortunately. Yeah. 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 You see that movie once and you've probably suddenly, you're, it's like, oh, I've, this is the 10th time I've watched this now. Where did the <laughs> yeah, time go? Absolutely. My number two is a movie Blake and I did quite recently, actually, um, Dog Day Afternoon. Oh, I was about to guess that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. By Sidney Lumet. No, yes. I, you know what? That's one of, I've been just so busy and so stressed out and so burned out these last this last year and like Blake you and I were going to record and you said you need to we're doing Dog Day Afternoon by Sidney Lumet starring Al Pacino and I knew nothing about it I think I was like oh that's the one where he coaches a football team right (laughs) (laughs) that's how blind I was going into it but honestly like in the same way that Castle in the Sky was the movie Jason needed at the time he needed it, this was the movie I needed when I needed it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Really cheered me up. I had a great time. I wasn't expecting it to be as like uproariously funny as it was. Like the first 10 to 15 minutes are hilarious and it Mm -hmm. stays funny throughout. So it's easily the best performance by Al Pacino. Al Pacino. Al Pacino. Yeah. One of the best performances I've ever seen. So no. And like, the way it builds to an ending too and like the somber tone it takes in the third act like it was really it was incredible i that's another i feel like the best 
like maybe some of the best viewing experiences I've had this year have been 70s movies. So yeah. Well, Quentin Tarantino considers the 70s the best time for film ever, so... Well, he might be onto something, because <laughs> it seems like a lot of these 70s movies we've been watching really hold up. Yes, they do. They did so, more with less. They sure did. And not... This is one that I have to watch. I haven't, and, like, I have heard... Like, I listened to our... You guys talk about it. I I did this for the draft, our first draft episode. That's yeah, right, yeah, you yeah. did. I had completely forgotten about that, so... Yeah. I want to yeah, watch no. Serpico. Yes, that yeah, one's also on the list to check too. out at some point. That's another Al Pacino, Sidney Lumet film. Filmed yeah. right around the same time as this one. One yep. of my yep. shows references it. Oh, nice. Yeah. Serpico or Dog Day Afternoon? Serpico. Okay, yeah, I guess we got to check that out too. But no, honestly, nothing but good things to say about it. I think this is actually like, I'm trying to remember. Like, I think this is one of the few times I had no complaints. Yes, or, like, actually no it was. Gripes. I had no nitpicks. Yeah, it moves at a great pace. Like it, it holds up to the fifty years that that have passed since it came out. Mm. Yeah, underrated and- gem because again, going back to like the year that it came out, one flew over the cuckoo's nest just stole its lunch in the awards, right? And so that's the movie that gets remembered from that year. But it really dogged the afternoon is is really a good gem that you should be going and checking out at some point. Yeah, absolutely. I definitely will. And that's streaming on Crave Stars. Cool. Cool. Crave Stars and and Stars in general seems to have a lot of our films that that we've talked about. Uh, on yeah, this list. good for Stars. We should get like a sponsorship deal with them. <laughs> them and Just Watch because I just keep going to them to find the True. movies. We use Just Watch a lot on this pod. Honestly, the amount of movies I've rented off YouTube for this podcast, I feel like I should be reimbursed. (laughs) (laughs) Not by you guys, but by YouTube itself. Come on, guys. Uh, We need more viewers to to be reimbursed by YouTube. That's true, yeah. (laughs) Get on the advertising, boys. Right, right. 2024 is the year for that. My number two is a film that came out this year. I consider it to be the best film of this year. It's a film that I had to go see twice. Uh-oh. It's not Oppenheimer. Maybe surprising to a lot of people because I know that that's going to top a lot of people's lists this year. <laughs> but it's one of my favorite directors of all time, Martin Scorsese's Killers of the Flower Mound. Hmm. It's a crime film. It's based on a true story. It's based on a novel. It's about the absolute destruction of the Osage people, the the native people in the early 1900s whose land contained like the most oil in all of the US, like they became briefly the richest people in the world for a brief period of time. And it's about how uh, Robert De Niro and Leonardo DiCaprio's characters basically just plot to murder and steal all of the rights to the oil. And I will say that Lily Gladstone, this is kind of her first role that I've seen her in. This is easily like she's going to be one of the best performances of the year for me. Like she's just incredible. Like every scene that she's in, she just she somehow steals every scene that she's in with Robert De Niro and Leonardo DiCaprio and let that sink in. Mm. Not only is it like great performances like Martin Scorsese, this is probably like one of his best directorial films of for his long list like and it's not gonna top the list for me like you know there's a couple films in his filmography like goodfellas the wolf of wall street those kind of films like are always gonna be they're both in my top 10 list of all time probably but killers of the flower moon it might end up in my top 
three. It might end up in my top five, but it's a really great film. It's a film that you need to see twice because it's so emotionally devastating. It's completely overwhelming when you see it the first time just because of like how horrible these people were treated and like basically how how people just got away with murdering people for years yeah Mm. yeah like this it's the reason why the fbi actually were created to solve the case um but the the joke is is that the case was actually really easy to solve just nobody could be bothered to actually do any work uh, in solving it classic I feel like yeah. you could say that about every problem I've ever had in my life. It's that it's actually really easy to solve if you could be asked to yeah. put in a little effort. Yeah, seriously, very, very good movie. I don't think it's streaming yet, but it should be streaming on Apple TV Plus very shortly. So you could get it there if you have that subscription. Otherwise, it is available for rent at this point anywhere that you can rent movies. Awesome. Yeah, that's one that I absolutely have to watch. Maybe I will over the break or something as soon as i can okay i did only ones that we watched on the podcast for my top five originally but now that we're discussing things i want to switch it so my original top two i don't think i should have put it here death trap the um, oh, which, i loved that movie that made my top 10 list yeah yeah like it's it probably doesn't deserve top two so i'm bumping it out um, I loved just watching an old Michael Caine movie and seeing his performance in it. Like, that was really fun. So I'm going to go instead with The Covenant from this year. Oh, yeah. The Covenant? Yeah. Huh. It is a uh, Guy Ritchie-directed uh, movie with Jake Gyllenhaal and an unreal actor named Dar Salim. I don't, he was like, I think he's an unknown actor until this, but... Yeah. Their chemistry, the, yeah, their chemistry was just absolutely mind blowing. Like the uh, and like the real, the reality of them in war, like all of the war scenarios that they were in, was perfect. And uh, this is like Annabelle's favorite movie of the year, also. So we had that partner. Mm. we're gonna talk about the partner ones later yeah, but yeah, yeah that's cool that you guys shared like that jess and i both really loved this one as well actually like it didn't quite make my top 10 list but it's probably 11th or 12th like it's it, it's a guy it's somehow a guy Ritchie film that doesn't feel a, like a guy Ritchie film like it, yeah it, it's it's very different but it's also like probably one of his best movies definitely i think a, a good number of people saw it because it started streaming on prime uh earlier this year but if you haven't checked that one out yet i I would highly recommend it because it's it's a really like fascinating film that is is kind of a modern look on war like it's afghanistan at the end of the afghanistan war like something that very recently took place right in the last five years we watched as all of the american troops left afghanistan and left all of their interpreters and their their interpreters families behind so i think it's going to resonate with a lot of people as well Mm -hmm. Yeah, like it is so deep and so like emotion wrought. Um It's got an Anthony Starr performance in it that comes out of nowhere. Who? Uh Anthony Starr from the boys, Homelander. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. That was uh like I don't think I knew his name yet, but yeah, I I knew it was Homelander. There's a few other like characters like but yeah, just Jake Gyllenhaal and Dar Salim just those two on screen was perfect yeah solid movie good choice great top two 
I didn't fully explain it well enough, but thank you for jumping in. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Blake does that. (laughs) Yeah, it's kind of a revenge film adjacent. It's not necessarily an revenge film, but it's like an extraction kind of film almost halfway through. Like, there's very uh, two very distinct parts to the film, Mm -hmm. and each one is equally good. It's not something like Full Metal Jacket where the first part surpasses the second. Like, they're both equally good almost different films that just are very well intertwined in yeah. telling both of their characters stories very much so and it is uh wait where is it prime streaming on prime yeah okay perfect now we're at number one this is our favorite movie of this year Woo! we made it should i just go or do we need a little more <laughs> yeah. fan- should I- we get some more fanfare before we jump in do you number want to do honorable one. mentions number now? Number one. All right, we'll do Why don't we do one. honorable mentions now? Just like go through them briefly. Okay, everybody gets two honorable mentions and that's it. I want to hear all every single movie you heard listened to this year or watched this year. Okay, okay. First on my honorable mentions list is a 2015 movie called He Never Died. Oh, directed, I've never heard of that. Directed by Jason, I can't pronounce your last name, Kraswick. Anyways, it stars um, Henry Rollins, the punk musician, and it's a very low-budget, very independent movie where Henry Rollins stars in basically an immortal warrior now living in New York City, and he's just so unbearably depressed. He's just so sick of being alive. Hmm. And honestly, like, it's... (laughs) This is going to be weirdly backhanded, but, like... I really enjoyed this movie, but I wouldn't even necessarily say it's a great movie. It's just fun. Mm. It's it's low budget. It's kind of quaint. It's got a great central performance by Henry Rollins. I had a really good time with it. I'd recommend anyone else check it out. So that's that. The second movie on my honorable mentions list is a 2023 film directed by Remy Weeks called His House. I haven't heard of this one either. It's a horror movie. It's about um, two refugees from Sudan who um, they flee their own war-torn country and get, I don't know what the term is, but they get like resettled in uh, Britain. And the whole idea is as long as they behave themselves and be good and everything, then, and like don't cause much trouble, then they can become permanent residents. So... Anyways, these two, this couple brought a lot of trauma with them from the war, and it turns out that the house that they've been, you know, instructed to stay in is haunted. And (laughs) it's the different ways these two cope with the horrors in the house that they may or may not have brought with them. So it's, it's one of those movies where I wasn't really that into it for a while, but then something happened where I was just like, oh my God, I suddenly cannot take my eyes from the screen <laughs> so anyways cool. yeah those are my two honorable mentions i highly recommend both of them say they're both names titles again uh it's he never died and his house and like where did you find those how did you like stumble upon them like through sound uh, out house? of the like out of left field which kind is of, where yeah. you hang out yeah, I'm not, <laughs> a, not a right fielder you know yeah. or a left fielder so yeah. I actually just, I discovered Henry Rollins, the actor, Mm. this year, and I just kind of, I just found him interesting, and then I heard that he was a leading man in this, like, weird, low-budget horror movie, so I checked it out. 
His house, um, it was around Halloween, and me and Emily just put it on one night, and our brains were broken afterwards. Cool. Oh, I've added really them cool. both to my list to watch. I, I think I'll like both of them. I hope okay. I like both of them. They're both – and you know what? Like like I said, this is kind of a rough year for me for movies. I just – I've found myself drawn to, like, smaller, weirder movies that, like, even if they're not good, they're just interesting. Yeah. And those are the movies that I had the best time with this year. Cool. Cool. So my two honorable mentions, I actually am not going to spoil my number one, and I'm actually going to say my third honorable mention because my number one honorable mention is Jess's favorite movie of the year, so I get to talk about it there instead. So this is actually my second and third honorable mention, and my second honorable mention is The Raid 2. Oh. Mm. It's a action film like think about john wick it's the way i describe it is it's a cross between the john wick movie series and the departed one of my favorite martin scorsese departed Departed. (laughs) it kind of it's a sequel to the raid redemption another action movie that i've shown to mike before and it just like expands on the world significantly so the main character of the raid is taken deep undercover to infiltrate the mafia in Indonesia. And when I say deep undercover, I mean this man has to go to prison for multiple years in order to build a relationship with the son of the Indonesian mob. Wow. And so it's a two and a half hour movie. It's an, I would call it an epic film. And, you know, like he doesn't get to see his family, his wife, his kids think he's dead. Mm. And it is just a masterpiece of a film it honestly like i think i could do an ep- a full podcast episode of this new movie it's one of my favorites of the 2010s it's something that i would recommend to just about anybody who's interested in crime but also like really good action films as well like it's it's incredible just absolute masterpiece couldn't quite fit my top five list but on any given day it, it honestly could potentially even be number one like it's it is so good it is so good i'm very intrigued yeah highly 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 recommend the second one or the third technically one on my list is the menu uh which is a Mm. film that came out late last year earlier this year it's a horror comedy satire film i would say about the restaurant industry about uh, again about classism probably a little bit about literally eating the rich more or less hey oh it's (laughs) it's just a absolute ride like i had so much fun with that movie when it came out it's got Ralph Fiennes is like the head chef. Uh, and, you know, we, we've had a lot of TV and, and film kind of centered around the kitchen this year, I feel like, with the bear and stuff like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's kind of an original take on, I guess, the kitchen culture a little bit. Just love that movie. Just really cool. Go check it out. It's on Disney+. Plus. Highly recommend the menu. Yeah, that's a great one. I really enjoyed that as well. And that's one that Annabelle liked, too. Um, okay, so is it me now? I... Yep. I like Tyler's bullshit. That was my favorite part. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> every one of the servings was amazing. Oh, that was one of the servings. That was the title. Yeah. That was the yeah. fir- one of the first ones. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Yeah. Okay. So I'll say my second first, I guess. Uh, <laughs> Banshees of Inishirin. Nice. Hey. I can watch like those two in anything. Like just uh, sorry, that's uh, Colin Farrell and Brandon Gleason. They yes. are such an amazing duo in uh, in Bruges. 
in Bruges, yeah. Yeah, that like in Bruges, I I don't think I've laughed harder than the one scene in that that is uh, not very appropriate. But um, <laughs> like, I think I know which one you're talking. Yeah, about. it was just so shocking. And then this had like a more subtle shocking aspect to it. Like it was really quite crazy. But um, just their interactions, the two characters, how they were developed, and then their relationship, and how it fell apart, everything. And just, like, the uh, imagery. It all set the mood and the tone that, like, things are weird here. And, uh, yeah, I I just really like that one. It is on... Wait, I don't have it up. Where's that one on? Where did we watch that one on, Mike? Mike and I actually watched that together on New Year's. We had a New Year's movie night, and... We watched it, and I actually didn't love it. I, and yeah. I think I'm the only one who didn't love it. To be honest, like I really liked it, watching it with you New Year's Eve. I watched it again a few weeks later, and I wasn't in love with it. I, it I Cinematography-wise and act-performance-wise, yeah, yeah. it's great. It's just the reason why, and Mike, you and I have had really in-deep discussions about the Banshees of Inisharan, but the reason why is I thought that the film was going to be about two friends who well, one friend just decides that he no longer wants to be friends with them. And I thought as a concept that was really fascinating and I wanted to explore that, but because it's, it actually is more an allegory towards war and towards like the Irish mm-hmm. war, civil war, then it kind of pulled me away a bit because I was expecting one thing and I got something else and it wasn't what I was looking for. I feel like I got both of the things I expected and it was each of the actors. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. No, and the performances were incredible. Even um the one guy, uh Brian Keegan or whatever his name is. Oh, Barry Keoghan. Barry, yeah. Yeah, that guy. He's yeah, he's phenomenal. He's like one of the big up and coming actors, I would say, of One like- of my one of my favorite parts, spoilers, but like something he gets rejected by a woman mm-hmm. and he's just kind of standing there and he's like, "Well, I guess I'll go over that valley now for some reason or something like that. <laughs> yeah. He's basically just like, I'm going to leave the situation now, and I really appreciated that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, his character was really funny, and I saw him in like one or two other things this year, and I was like, oh, shit, it's him. Uh, so, yeah. Have I, you seen I, The Green Knight yet? Uh, Green Knight's amazing. Shit, it's I only watched half of it. one of my favorite movies. Oh, it's one of my favorite movies. He's got a performance in it as well that I really, really love. Barry, awesome. Big Barry Keoghan fan. We're going to see a lot more of him in the next five years, I think. Yeah. No, oh, no. yeah. He's he's crushing it. And then, okay, my first like favorite honorable mention was, and it could have been my number one film. I'm only halfway through. It's Leave the World Behind. Ooh, that's on okay. Netflix, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And I I have that on my list to check out, and I... I didn't quite get to check it out before this episode, but mm. so this, very excited. This might be pure recency bias, but um, <laughs> and I'm only halfway through, but I'm so goddamn intrigued. And like, there's so many questions you have to ask, and then they get answered, but are they answered? And then, so it's all um, like there's a cyber attack on the US. I won't say too much more. It's like post apocalypse, but like right before shit hits the or right after shit hits the fan so it's not like they're dealing with the full aftermath it's like happening in the moment and they're trying to figure out what the fuck is going on mahershala ali is also one of my favorite actors Mm. of like the past few years so and it's also ethan hawk too isn't it yeah it is ethan hawk yeah and oh oh shit now i'm just remembering i just saw a picture of ethan hawk and pedro pascal I should have had just five Pedro Pascal movies 
Because <laughs> <laughs> like, that would have been a meme of a list. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah. Anyways, uh, definitely recommend watching Leave the World Behind. I won't spoil anything, but yeah, it's there. Cool. All right, that is it. We are on to the top one, our favorite movie of this year. And I'm really excited about this. So, Michael, why don't you take it away? Okay, I don't think either of you will guess my number one. I think I've only mentioned it in passing to both of you once. It is a 2015 movie by S. Craig Zahler, Z-A-H-L-E-R, called Bone Tomahawk. (laughs) <laughs> oh no way yeah. jason yeah. loves that movie i it's do it's a great movie i think i heard about it like from um red letter media they did a little episode on it and i was like that sounds interesting and i checked it out it was i watched it with my girlfriend and my mom they both hated it and i loved it <laughs> it stars kurt russell patrick wilson matthew fox like richard jenkins it's a very simple premise. It's um, these kind of like mutant savages have come into town and kidnapped some people. So Kurt Russell leads a posse to go after them. And honestly, like it's some of the sharpest dialogue I've ever seen, some of the best acting I've ever seen. And it also has some of the most realistic violence I've ever seen on. Yeah, yeah Jason, Visceral. I know what you're thinking. There is one scene in particular that I think has traumatized everyone who's ever seen this movie. Yeah. Like, I watched it with my mom and my girlfriend. They both had to avert their eyes, and I just sat there like this. <laughs> I forgot we were doing a podcast, so you can't see my face, but I just pulled a very shocked face. <laughs> yeah, it's truly... And, like, Richard Jenkins, um, I think he was the dad in Step Brothers. He plays just. Oh, yeah. He just plays this kind of old codger who just goes along on the uh, the expedition, the mission. He's one of the funniest. It's. I feel like you should show this movie to people for how to do comic relief properly. Because <laughs> like he's funny, but he's never once obnoxious. He never once gets in the way. Like it's. He has some like touching moments too. It's funny. There's a moment when Patrick Wilson gets really mad and he calls. Uh, Richard Jenkins characters a dumb imbecile <laughs> and then after everybody cools down he's like hey man like I'm sorry for calling you a dumb imbecile and Richard Jenkins just smiles he's like my wife used to call me a dumb imbecile <laughs> <laughs> felt kind of nice <laughs> I'm the only one on this podcast who's never seen that movie it's yeah, great that one scene is like everyone should at least watch the one scene you should watch the movie but that one scene is like that scene and it's talked about it. It's like a cult scene. Oh like cult yeah. Classic like, scene. If you've seen this movie, you know exactly what we're talking about. There is no getting around it. And you do not want to <laughs> spoil it either because how unique it is. It's an experience. Unique. Yeah. And like this is, we kind of talked, we sort of touched on this during the good, the bad, and the ugly episode, but like this is very much a Michael movie. Like it's violent, mm. it's gritty, but it's also kind of funny and it's kind of got like a nihilistic tone. Like this, this has Michael all over it. And I was all over this movie. <laughs> cool. I, it's now on my short list because both of you recommend it. It's your number one, Michael. So that's awesome. Kurt Russell is one of my favorite actors of all time. Yeah. Like top three for me, probably. Like I love Kurt Russell movies. Mm-hmm. So it it's just moved one up on the, the list of movies I need to see. 
I was I've been trying to think of uh, like something I can say, but it'll leave a certain feeling in the pit of your stomach. Mm-hmm. That's all I can say. I think. <laughs> yeah, sir. You'll be torn. On yeah, this movie. like it's yeah. <laughs> Um, all right, we'll leave it at that. Where is it playing right now? It is on Hoopla, Subs, and Tubi. Oh, with Tubi. Ads. Nice. Ah. Tubi shout out there. I love Tubi. Yeah, yeah. My number one. So, Jason, I think this might be your number one as well, actually, based on what you've said. Like, you've talk, been talking about sci-fi movies that we've been doing on the podcast this year. If this is number, your number one, don't spoil it. Mm-hmm. Um, I it, This one is... It shocked me how good this was. It's a remake of a sci-fi film. This one version came out in 1978. It's a psychological sci-fi horror that is, I would say, in contention for The Thing at this point for my favorite psychological horror film of all time. It's just so so good it's it's intelligent filmmaking like there's just so much going on in the background and all of these details it's invasion of the body snatchers from 1978 oh oh wow yeah 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 honestly it is so good it's like i mean invasion of the body snatchers the title says it all but the basic premise is like you wake up and the person that you wake up beside is not the same person that you went to sleep with but they are physically and everything else. It's just there's something off about them. And as we get through the film, more and more people just don't seem like themselves. And it is it's just such a good invasion story. Like, like I said, it's psychological, like and and just the discoveries that you make as you go through this film, I, I'm so excited to rewatch this and, mm. and just fully grasp the situation that these characters are in. It's also probably the bleakest ending of a movie ever um, yeah. or in like contention for it. Um, Michael, I think you are going to love this movie because I don't know that you've seen this one before. I have not, no. It is so jaw-droppingly like really, really bleak dystopian kind of ending. Yeah. When it ended, I just sat and watched the credits because I was so, like, upset mm. <laughs> by it. Um, and you and I talked about it in detail in the spoiler episode, Jason. Yeah. Because it's such a good ending. Yeah. Uh, the ending, it's also, like, a must-watch just for film history because, like, just like Soylent Green, like, you should watch Soylent Green if you want to get that reference for the rest of your life because that reference is in everything. But this has, mm-hmm. like, one of the key references uh, that you have seen for sure in pop culture. That's one reason to watch it, but it's actually also just a perfect movie for, um, like, the time we watched it, like, around yeah. Halloween. And uh, it's a unique horror movie, which is kind of hard to find. Mm-hmm. And since then, you know, it's been redone, it's been remade, it's been reimagined, but this one is the definitive version of Invasion of the Body Snatchers, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. It, it is truly something special. It was funny when when we released this episode, we had people commenting that said, like, as kids, this movie was kind of a fever dream. Like, maybe you stumbled upon it as a kid, like, if you woke up in the middle of the night or, you know, if, if you ended up staying up late or something like that, and you just remember, like how how much this movie just like impacted you as a kid and i just fully believe that i can't imagine watching this as a child because it would have scarred me for life probably (laughs) yeah yeah that i don't know what the one for us was like maybe like gremlins or chucky or something like that where like it was just before us and if you happen to catch it on um tv like you would have been freaked the hell out 
and like scarred for a while. Um, but yeah, like it sounds like that was this back in the day too. Yeah, you can check it out on Super Channel or Fubo. Fubo. It was also my number one. Nah, I thought it might be. <laughs> yeah, like I was like iffy about it, but then it's just so fucking good. And it like part of the reason that I love doing this podcast is seeing the movies that I've always meant to see based on like hearing about it and it being in pop culture. So like when I try to recommend movies for the show or like for this podcast or just to people in general, I'm always trying to introduce uh movies that they will recognize from something and like it might be that just that last scene where they're like oh this is like this is where that's from and like that's kind of um just such a fun thing within what we do and like watching old films is that connection and that recognition that like oh this was an amazing movie but it and like because it was so unique when it came out just flourished in pop culture. Yeah, like something like the term pod people comes from this movie, right? Like it's never even uttered in this film, but that that idea comes from this movie. Like, mm-hmm. it, And it's got a lot of ideas. Like you and I did a really in-depth analysis. Like I highly recommend that episode. I, I remember going into that episode and I was almost like, I was almost nervous starting to record with you because I liked it so much that I was afraid that you were going to have an opposing opinion to me. And I didn't know if I could handle that because of how much I loved that movie. Yeah. And uh, just for more context, it's uh, Donald Sutherland and uh, early Jeff Goldblum. It's got Leonard Nimoy in it. Yeah. Like that was shocking for a lot of people when this came out. Anything space related to like me and... Blake just loved that shit and then just sci-fi and the mix of horror, which would fit in perfectly for you, Michael. Okay. I guess I better check it out then. It's it's easily like one of my favorite movies of all time. I, I'm going to have to see it a couple more times, but it could surpass the thing as my favorite horror of all time. Like it is truly a masterpiece of a film and a masterpiece of storytelling and, and a masterpiece of everything like it oh so good such a good movie yeah like i it's it's almost as visceral as as that scene we were just referencing in uh bone tomahawk like there's certain things where like oh my god like i've never i've never been more shocked and annabelle scared the shit out of me at the (laughs) exact (laughs) perfect time like i was watching it uh in like a dark basement and I knew she was upstairs and I knew she was going to try and scare me. But then I just got sucked into like the, like this one like five, ten minute sequence of events. And I was just n- like thinking of nothing. I was fully invested. And she came up behind and got me so bad. Girlfriends, girlfriends have a tendency to do that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cool. I am, I'm really happy that you and I both love that movie and, and sh- got to share that together. Cause it's, yeah, no it's doubt. truly like, mm, I didn't, so good. yeah, I, I, like, I thought you had watched enough movies that we wouldn't have the same number one, but, um, yeah, yeah that's great. It's that good. It speaks to how good that movie is. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. That's movie with Donald Sutherland and like his jaw hinges as he screams, right? Yeah. I yeah. Think something else. It is. Okay. Him, yeah. Blake, you can cut that out if you want. That was probably no, no. a spoiler. <laughs> it's a, it's, it's a meme. Yeah, Honestly, a meme. while I watched this movie, I completely forgot about the meme. That's how like invested I was. Yeah. You know what? 
I know I was just saying earlier that, like, this wasn't a great year for me in movies, but, like, we have seen some good movies this year, you know? Like, yeah. The Dirty Dozen. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I really enjoyed Mad Max 2. Mm-hmm. Like, I actually rewatched The Thing this year with Emily, and, like, nice. I enjoyed it way more the second time. Yeah. You know? So, it's 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 been good. Yeah, I, I mean, I got to much... share train spotting with you guys. Like, we got to watch... Good, the bad, and the ugly again. Like, fuck yeah! I still have to watch both of those, which I'm behind on, and like, I I know those are good ones, so I haven't even listened to the spoilers uh, podcast episode on that. Mm, cool. We're, what are we doing now? Are we going through all the like? So we're gonna wrap up this episode with the partner choice, uh, and then after that, we might have a bonus episode for you guys next week over the holidays um, before we get into deep into 2024's films. Cool. So cool. yeah, let's let's wrap up. Uh, Mike, you get to start. Partner pick. Well, this one isn't gonna be a great partner pick. Um, I asked Emily, like, what was the best movie you saw this year, and she said it was Promising Young Woman by. Emerald Fennell that came out in 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, the I haven't seen it yet, but the Wikipedia page says it stars Carrie Mulligan as a troubled young woman haunted by a traumatic past as she navigates balancing forgiveness with vengeance. <laughs> so Emily didn't really elaborate much on the movie, but it was her favorite movie of this year. So I might have to check it out at some point. Cool. Yeah, I'd never heard of this one. I'm sure Jess has, though. I think Annabelle wanted to watch that, and we just hadn't yet or something. Oh, it's got Bo Burnham in it. I'm in. I'm in. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, shit, I have seen that. (laughs) (laughs) Just mentioning Bo Burnham. Yeah, oh, man, it was so good. Okay, good. It wouldn't fit in my top ten or anything, but, like, it was very, very good. Jess's number one movie of this year. I'm going to describe it before I say what it is, and this is my my number six movie honestly it is if quentin tarantino decided to make a john wick movie and set it in world war ii it is sisu a finnish war movie that came out late last year early this year most of us probably haven't seen it until this year uh it's all in english but it's a finnish war movie about a war legend prospecting for gold at the end of world war ii and a Nazi war party happens upon him and all hell breaks loose. It is it's such fun. a fun movie. It is the most, probably one of the most fun movie experiences of 2023 for me. It looks I probably, so good. I probably liked it slightly more than John Wick 4. Have you seen it as well, Jason? No, I haven't. I was like, I was trying to watch it and then just too many things happen or something, but like, I have to watch this. So maybe I'm going to watch it before the year ends. I, I just turned it on. Like, I didn't even think Jess was going to pay attention to it. And probably like after 10 minutes, she closed her laptop and was like, this is kind of amazing. Mm-hmm. And it just gets like more and more ridiculous. Like the last like 10, 15 minutes are just completely insane but it you're just having so much fun that you just don't even care like it's just it's such a ride Mm. i watched this with emily and something happens in the last 15 minutes where i was kind of like whoa hey that's a little too much (laughs) emily just rolled her eyes at me and she's like are you seriously you think this is too much for this movie and i was like yeah you're right yeah it's it's so much fun such a good one Mm. awesome i'm gonna watch that i didn't ask i forgot to ask um (laughs) So that sucks, but uh, 
the covenant was definitely her favorite i think like she was so into that one where like half the other movies we watched together or the majority were mostly for either like for me or for her and uh whatever like that one was the one that i know that we both watched and was her favorite so we already talked about that one a little bit yep i will say uh she watched the goonies for the first time with me this year though nice so that was awesome and the princess bride she had never seen and she really liked those and was like shocked that she liked them yeah the princess bride has that effect on people yeah yeah Yeah. definitely everybody everybody unless you watch the trailer first without watching the movie (laughs) right (laughs) i'm never gonna let that down And that's it for our best of episode. Like I said, we've got a bonus episode coming after this week. And then it's, I think, my choice. Although I've got to share, I I drafted up next year's plan and I got to share that with you guys. But if it's my choice next, we're doing Tremors, which is a movie that shocked me how much I liked it the first time I saw it. Hmm. Awesome. I'm totally down for Tremors. Yeah. Classic classic you neither of you have seen it correct no no cool yes that's what i like to hear that's with kevin bacon right it is with kevin bacon okay nice yes i am i'm really excited to talk about that one i don't think we've done a kevin bacon one yet we haven't no, which is actually. surprising because the six degrees thing yeah all right cool yeah so we'll see you next week for our bonus episode or next year wait no not yet Ah, uh, this next year, I think. I think it's coming out like January second or third or ah, something. So there we go. Yeah. Cool. Um. All right. We'll see you next time. Tell your dad.